you gotta handle the rock with flair and rhythm if you wanna be judged on wood grain and concrete courts in New York. This ain't no nickel and dime. It's dribbling dimes where scoring never looked this good. I guarantee it. But was your reputation built from the playground up? Or did you call next when they took that ish? Or cause you weren't as fast as police and ambulance sirens? Or as loud as Mr. Softy ice cream? No. You see, this is New York City hoops in prime time. As beautiful as the skyline, it's dribbling dimes. He grew up four blocks away from Rice High School in Harlem, but chose St. Raymond because of the adventure it offered. He tried out for the freshman squad, made it, and gradually moved up the ranks onto the varsity squad by his junior season. Considered the consummate blue-collar player, he used his full arsenal of skills and basketball IQ to adapt and play the role the team needed for a victory. In his senior season, alongside a slew of top-flight talent, this 6'5 juggernaut helped bring the state championship back to St. Ray's after a seven-year drought. He attended the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, then transferred back home to Manhattan College to finish up his years of eligibility and earn his degree. On this episode of Dribble and Dimes, we sit with the recipient of the 2000 Mr. New York Basketball Award, brand new father, and St. Ray's Hall of Fame inductee, Mr. Peter Mulligan. I was thinking like more of the cool shit. That's why I was going. But I got you. I got you. Alright, so this is another installment of Dribbling Dimes on Manny Digital. This is Emilio the Poet. And with us today we have Peter Mulligan. Yes, sir. Mr. Mr. Peter Mulligan. Yeah. So, Mr. Basketball? You was Mr. Basketball once upon a time? A lot of things, man. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. He just, he's about to be, um, his jersey's about to be retired. He's going to be inducted Oh, we're going right in, into that? St. Raymond. Yeah, we're right. Hey, we, let's we, talk about if it, man. We go if we're going to introduce him, we got to put everything current, in Current events. This yeah. man is... 2019. Talking about legendary stuff. This might actually roll out, right? That's January 6th is January the day. January 6th. It's a Sunday. They got a triple header. I'm right in between that JV varsity game. That's about 3.30. How do you feel about all this, man? Oh, man. I'm blessed, man. So that's, that's Coach Lopez set that up, Coach right? Coach Lopez put that. this together. Started yeah. about a year ago. Oh, word. And, um, yeah, definitely everything you said came true. Obviously, you know, in my mind and a lot of people, it's, it's pretty much obvious what I did of at course. St. Raymond's. Of course. To do it at such a prestigious school was just, you know, I remember coming to St. Raymond's. You start hearing the legends right away, the Charlton Clarks, the Terrence Winters, the stories about playing against Tim Thomas and them playing Jason Kidd and, you know, Kareem Reed, all these guys. So to do it with those type of players and, you know, break some records, be one of the four Mr. Basketballs. Mm-hmm. I just you in the top uh, thousand point club from now. I'm not. Oh, the funny thing. Outside. The funny thing about my career is crazy because I went to two colleges. I went mm-hmm. to UMBC first, mm-hmm. right? Which just knocked off Virginia, and then Manhattan. Then I went to Manhattan. Right. So I did two years varsity, two years college, two oh. years college. Oh. Each school, I'm in the nine hundred. I never oh, got a thousand points. That's crazy. But that, but that's still significant. All the buckets I got, I never got a thousand. Yeah, but, but you got a thousand total. 
Because we got to add 900. So somebody like, for instance, Vaughn, Vaughn Hunter, one of our uh, Dribble and Dime alumni. That's he's, my boy. He's on that list, but Vaughn was Vars, I think, all four years, if I, if I remember correctly. Vaughn did three, three, I believe. Three. I think you're right. I think he did yeah. freshman, and then he jumped up. Yeah. But you did it in two, and you got to 900-ish. That's pretty yeah. significant. That's, That's a short window to get that much. Nah, yeah. I broke the record. I had the most points ever in one year at St. Ray. It okay. was 618. Wow. Oh, what was it before that? You know? Uh, probably like 570-something. I'm not sure exactly. Nah, I don't know. Okay, okay. But messed up thing, you know, Julius High is a competitor he is. Yeah. Right. Very next year, he breaks it. He scores, <laughs> he scores I think. Yeah, shout out to Jules, man. <laughs> yes, sir. He gets about 620-something. So crazy. It was short-lived, but what no, an accomplishment. Hey, you know what, though? That's good company, though. So, so we, we talked about this, I think, before we started recording. So you originally from Harlem. I'm from Harlem. I still live in Harlem to this still day. Still live in Harlem. Oh, okay. Born and raised, Harlem. Love it, man. Where, where at? Where are you from in Harlem? I grew up on 120th Street and 7th, between okay. 7th and Lenox. Okay. Nice. Brownstone in the middle of the block. Nice. Um, real nice. Close to Millbank. I grew up in Millbank playing basketball nice. and playing around as a kid. So right. is, is that where basketball began for you? Definitely. Right, right that part? Right in Millbank, pretty much. Like where I started loving the game, loving the camaraderie, loving competing against other people. From the simple 21s to knockouts to the bunks and all that. I'm from that era. So, mm. How old were you, you said? Roughly? About 11, 12 okay. when I first started playing. Okay. And then what was there a significant moment in, in those early days that really latched you on to basketball? Because a lot of people in, in our surroundings, they, they jump into the game, but it's more like, oh, because my man's is playing, you know, and you just kind of go with the flow. But then there's this kind of this divergence that happens where you get the those that are playing call it recreationally yeah. versus those that commit to it to then take it takes them on a journey. Yeah. What, when would you say that that occurred for you? Oh man, early NBA on NBC, man. Uh, those Sundays, man. Those are the days. You hear that? You ever, you ever played that video game? The arcade game? They had it? Was it NBA Jam? The two? Was it NBA Jam? But they had the, intro. had the intro. Yeah, it was yeah. NBA Jam. Yo, I think it was NBA Jam. That shit still yeah. gave me goosebumps. That was the shit. Goosebumps, man. That so, you know, shit. that Saturday, Sunday, you know, at my grandma's house, it's a court right across the street. My grandmother lived right across the street from the, the Harlem Choir Academy. It was a court in the yard. I watched the games, and I just go out there and mimic the moves. Right. Mm. right? I would watch every player. I wouldn't just watch one player. Mm-hmm. I would try to pick up on anything cool I saw that I could, you know, work in a game. Right. And then, good. You know, so like with that said, because you, well, you you were studying the game like to add things to your game already at that at that time. But did did you find a player that you wanted to emulate though? Like, was there a standout? Like, oh, I want to play like, I don't know, did you have a hero or something? Most people say Jordan, but I, I don't know. If you yeah, it was Starks for me. Like, yes! Yeah, true blue New Yorker. Yeah, Have you Knicks, met John? Man. Huh? Have you met John Starks? I haven't. I've never met John Yo, Starks. Yo, the coolest, humblest dude I think I've ever met. Like, of, of I'm going to say significance, like we're insignificant, but like, you know, that you've seen on TV that you consider a star. Definitely one of the most humble, cool ass dudes I've ever met in my life. Yeah, he came to Millbank as a kid, but I wasn't there that day. So. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I met him. Uh, I'm gonna give you my experience, John Starks. I'm gonna tell you my experience. All right, I did the Apollo Theater. I was a, I was an amateur at the oh, Apollo shit. in 2007. Right, 
Yeah, congrats I, on that. Thank you. <laughs> I get booed off. I get booed off stage, right? I get oh, that's how he did you. No, well, it, it's just if you ain't great, it's your people, man. It's your it's people from Harlem. No, but it's all right. It's it's all right. I expected it. I did it because I already knew, like, yo, this is a possibility I might get booed. It is what it is. I go backstage. Who do I see? John Starks and Herb Williams. They both flayed me. So both saying, of them? I thought it was Herb. Herb was the worst of both. Okay. Man. So Herb, if you wouldn't listen to me, I hope you got a humble. I hope it was just that night. But yo, I was like, yo, fuck the motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the mix that way, but fuck y'all. But anyway, that's my experience. We've all grown from then. Hopefully. I don't know. And I definitely, that's my, that's my two cents. Uh, all right, sorry. Continue. So John <laughs> Stars was like the guy that you, you admired coming up as a, as a professional basketball player. You, you kind of you know, molded, honed your skills, I'd say, I'm imagining, in Harlem. Right, you you competed in and around Harlem, in and around Harlem. Okay, yeah. and then how, where did you end up? Like, and obviously you went to San Raymond, but even before that, like, there's some development that takes place. What are some of those pivotal moments in that development that kind of got you to the next level? Oh man, I would say the first one was uh, after my seventh grade year. I went to public school on Ninety Third Street, and I knew I wanted to go to Catholic high school, and my mom wanted that too. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to prepare me for it, so she sent me to Mont Carmel, which is on Pleasant Avenue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back then, I was in love with the game, but I was nervous. I would, I would, I would, uh, you know, get cut a lot from tryouts. I always wanted to play for Riverside Gauchos. Mm-hmm. I would get cut for a lot of factors. As you look back with perspective, nervousness was there a lot. Yeah. But I had the skills, so I go to Mont Carmel. I played at my other junior high school. I go there. I get on the team. Now, back then, this is when the rankings first started. Mount Carmel was like a national school. This is where you first, they first started. I think like seven of them were like in the top 30 players in the country. They started wow. coming out with the books. And even then, I'm like, wait, I know USA is pretty big. How are y'all, seven of y'all? But this is when it started, this whole thing. So I, I made the team two weeks into the season. We playing. Gauchos had a tryout. I still wanted to play for Gauchos. My crazy ass. I was a weird kid. I skipped practice to go to Gauchos to try out. So he cuts me the next day. Oh! Oh! I don't see. I don't think that's weird. So that's, that's a, this story, a lot of people think I got cut. It was it was more to it. And then um, he never let me back on the team. He, my mom's begged him. He said, Nah, he could play JV. But it was a gift and a curse because I probably wouldn't have got many minutes playing with them anyway. Oh, okay. And I still was having fun playing with Milbank, playing mm-hmm. 875. They had a lot of winning tournaments, and I was able to have a big role with them. Yeah. And my game was able to develop. So looking back, it was probably a blessing. Damn. And it gave me that rage. It wanted me to get revenge. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No so, kids is cruel. 13 years old. Yes, everybody snapping on me for yes. not getting cut. Yeah, 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 yeah. For getting cut. Yes. But I'm still playing hard against anyone on the playground. I'm like, nah, you know, it is what it is. I. I'm a baller. I'm a baller. Like I niggas. So you didn't allow that to to like shake your confidence. Didn't didn't. I love basketball. I was on it. No, but that's important though. Because let me tell you, you're a kid at this time. Yeah. So where'd you get that from? Your parents? Like who instilled that kind of strength? Like nah, you still good though. Yeah, my parents, man. I had my mom and my dad. I was blessed. Mm. Um, they did really well. Laid it out for me. Yeah, experienced me to different things. And I was always good at a little bit of everything. So, like, I was playing piano. Wow. I was learning how to juggle. That's um, what's up. I was going to different camps that had nothing to do with it. I was exposed to a lot of stuff. Right. So, right. I knew there's stuff out here. Right. Mm-hmm. Something's going to stick. And when I played basketball, I was like, yo, I love this. That's are dope. you Are you an only child? 
No, I have a little sister. You I had a little sister. sister. God bless her. My sister passed away uh, four years ago. Yeah, I had a sister named Madison. Oh, I'm oh really sorry to, hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm almost yeah. mad I asked the question now. Yeah, man, me too. I, I, well, the original intention of the question was um, a, lot, a lot of what you just described, being exposed to so much and your parents like giving you all these different angles to kind of choose from, stems typically from single parent, not single parent, sorry, single child. Uh, ha- you know, the parents trying to overwhelm, not overwhelm them, but give them as much as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. I mean, you, you, know, you had your sister for some time. I'm sure she was also... A, Exposed to a lot of similar things, but the fact that you have both of your parents mm-hmm. is is a blessing because yeah. a lot of us don't, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I, I do another podcast called Fatherhoods, and all three of us on that podcast, we we have fathers in and out of our lives. It wasn't like a consistent mother father like foundation, yeah, traditional. Yeah, and then you kind of see that the the overwhelming challenges that some of those kids have, but then the overwhelming benefits when you do have those you know those two as your foundational pillars so for you i'm sure growing up playing ball that was something that was different in you you know in how you carried yourself in your upbringing versus some a lot of kids you maybe even played with right? yeah what, was there ever any animosity because like you know kids can, like you said can be cruel yeah did people like yeah, try I, to shun you or, or play you because was, of that yeah i was like an anomaly kind of when i first came to millbank and um Everybody like saw my house. I lived in a brownstone, so it was mm-hmm. like a four-floor uh, story brownstone. Mm-hmm. My mother's a, a great businesswoman, wow. so people didn't understand. This is remember, this is the '80s. This was about '85, so there's right. still crack vials on the floor. Mm-hmm. The drug house right across the street. Right. Maybe about ten of the eighteen brownstones on the block are developed. The rest mm-hmm. of them are still abandoned. She just got in early. Right. You know, she right. got it for like eighty thousand. Wow! So you put you so you figure that's eight thousand. There was a lady. To this day? She flipped it. Hey, yeah. No, so I saw the hustling spirit in my mom, right. and my dad was just consistent. Mm. Just consistent. Went to work every day. Brought home a Coca Cola every day. Made spaghetti a couple mm. nights a week. Everything was boom, boom, boom. Book, yeah. So it was more of an example. He was a quiet guy, so I always learned to listen first, speak second. Absorb information, you know. When he spoke, it was like he knew what he was talking about. Right. So he took he he thought about what he was going to say. It wasn't just blurting out whatever. You come across as oh, a very even keel, kind of smooth. Like you just mentioned, I, I, that's what I took in as soon as you walked in the room. I was like, this guy's not a really a talker. He's like no. listen first kind of guy. And so you emulate your dad, or that that comes from your father. Is your mother a little different? My mother's definitely outgoing. Okay. Really. Big, big presence, big personality. That's why I had to, you know, overcome my fears when I got the same race. She's yelling at everybody. <laughs> She's yelling at me. Oh, no, you got to do that. She's yelling at the refs. She's the loudest person in the gym. But that, so that's kind of, you embody your mom in that regard. Your, your, your basketball ability was your big personality. I could right? express myself. Right. Yeah, that's what it was. Like a rapper with a microphone. I mean, you, the ball was your, your conduit. And that's crazy. That's how I I looked at it. Mm. I was one of those kids. I was a comic book fan. I was a movie person. Anybody know me personally? No, I was a movie. My grandmother would take me to see Ninja Turtles. Nice. We would have to see it twice. Really? No oh. questions asked. Back to back. I was one of those kids. So with basketball, I didn't necessarily look at like having to do flashy stuff to do that. I was just more looking at it like, okay, let's save the game. Like, mm-hmm. let me be the soup. Like, let me be Bruce Willis and Die Hard. Let me, oh. you know, I used to look at it like that. Like, and that was my style of play. And so. that worked. And that worked for you. That wasn't like 
a, a stressor. That you look forward to that opportunity. You embrace I did. the challenge of having to carry a team. That's big. Victory. Yeah, that shit. That's nerve wracking for a lot of people. Right? Yo, but no, but you know what though? It makes sense because you at thirteen, getting cut from Gauchos, everybody ranking on you on the court. You still maintain. For me, I'm like, yo, everything you said is cool, but that right there sticks out because you're thirteen. Mm. You're already strong in your mind. Like, I I got game though. Because, see, a lot of kids, in my opinion, I think it speaks to the foundation that you were, you had with your parents. A lot of kids, that should have wrecked them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you strong. So, everything you're saying now, it's it's just, it adds on to the fact that, yeah, you already had it from Jump Street. Like, mm-hmm. it makes sense. Like, Nah, definitely. I was always, like, a critical thinker. Like, um, mm. I could look at things from a lot of different perspectives. Mm. So, I kind of knew the mix of, th- of reasons why I was, you know, kind of not ranked or not looked at, you know? Right. I was young for my class. When I got to college at UNBC, I was still 17 years old. Wow. So okay. I wasn't ringing. You look around every player who was big when they were young and mm. being pumped and pushed, they either had a few things. They might have an uncle who played for Gauchos or played in the league okay. or an aunt who dates the guy Gauchos or Riverside or they just were that good early where a community center took them under the wing and somebody with influence, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, so your your path was. I didn't have that. I didn't know my parents didn't know. We didn't know the ins and outs of the basketball community. I didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. my dad didn't play sports. My mom played a little basketball, but we didn't know the players and the shakers. We didn't. I had nobody politicking for me or. Right, right. You know, yours was just that could guide me. I didn't know. I didn't know about how people got to college basketball Mm till I got to St. Raymond's. That's crazy. And that's when I started learning about Slam Magazine and ABCD Camp, and all of it came to me at once. I'm like, right. oh, this is how you get this level? Right. Oh, I got to do this. So that's right. Gary D was still at St. Ray's when, when you were playing, right? Gary D, okay. the Godfather. Yeah, the yeah. Godfather. <laughs> do you still keep in touch? The best to ever do it. Uh, I know he's like. He's in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I saw him, I see him, I see him. Not, not really. Okay. Okay. Not really. He he, a funny dude. I mean, I I only knew him from the disciplinarian side of things at St. Raymond, and he was always busting my ass for my mustache. So I always yeah, looked at him in a particular that. light, right? But I know a lot of basketball players have a lot of uh, respect and regard for him because he, he his way of doing things was <laughs> kind of different. Why are we that very very different? Oh shit! Yo, what's up, y'all? Man, Gary D. I could go in about Gary D. Can we? Can we? I don't want to put you on the spot, Shout but I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Shout out Gary D, man, the Godfather. But you go, but if you don't hear from Peter Mulligan perspective. The Godfather himself, man. <laughs> Gary D was more than the coach, man. He was like, like I said, the Godfather of New York City. He mm. he was more like a mover and shaker. He, he had a lot of connections. St. Raymond's was just his hub. He had the St. Raymond's right. team. Now he could build the Ravens, yeah. which is a AAU program. AAU has nothing to do with high school basketball. Right. So this is like a whole separate entity, even though it's under the Raven umbrella. Mm-hmm. That also he's the director of ABCD camp. So he's right oh, under that, Sonny Vicario. Oh. So think oh. about that influence. You 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 helping you have influence on the top hundred and fifty players in America coming to this event. Hmm. I didn't know. You I have know access that. to all these players, all these AAU coaches. Sonny Vicario. It revolves around kid. you. I had no idea that, that was, this man was that prevailing. Like, yeah, this had, man has it. And he was in there. Yeah. So you were very lucky to be a part of the Ravens program this time. Oh, it was, it was there for me. It was lucky to be there. We got the best clothes, the best uniforms. Yeah. We was doing alternate universe uniforms before the NBA. That's like right. We were playing like 
six different uniforms throughout the season. That's crazy. Travel. I remember we had one dude, Terrell Gant. God bless him. Mm-hmm. We had an AAU trip. Mm-hmm. Probably Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He came with his book bag and a pair of socks. We said, what are you doing? He said, yo, Gary D going to give us everything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and it was true. And he panned out. It was true. <laughs> he had no luggage. He like, yeah. yo, we're going to get it all. Everybody else was packed. Like, you had all these things. But, but that man, did, Terrell, Terrell didn't. Right? Terrell didn't. Definitely. Nah, but playing at St. Ray's, my, my path, it was different because... You look at it from this perspective. In college, right, you have uh, you know, your walk-ons. You have your scholarship plays and your walk-ons. You have to be superb to get minutes over a play on scholarship. It's like an investment. The coach went to these kids' houses. He told their parent, look, your child's coming to my school. He's going to have an opportunity to play. So you got to be that great. Gary D had it, like, again, so much power. He was recruiting kids to St. Raymond's, you know? Yeah. Helping kids get apartments in um, Parkchester. Wow. Getting kids partial scholarships right you know so these are investments you know like i said my mom did well it was no question of oh let me get to this person and find out how i get my son in it was oh you want to go the same way oh we paying right there whole tuition all four years on the spot so hold on so you didn't because a lot of cats i know get recruited recruited early to go to st ray's like i know people that was get like uh julius julius was st raymond elementary school he yeah. was already in the door as soon as he got a to lot the of them. Darnell too, my yeah. best right, friend. Shout right. out to Darnell Miller, Darnell. Man, my best Miller. friend, man. Exactly. Yeah, they all went to St. Raymond, so like I said, they had to, a lot of a lot of kids had to jump on what it was. Right. I didn't really know what it was. I was just so, a kid in Millbank who loved basketball. So you, your mom, like you said, your mom, you and your parents had this vision of you going to Catholic high school. Yeah. So that was happening no matter what. It was happening no matter what. A and lot of Saint people, Raymond. a lot of people ask me, they're like, "Why didn't you go to Rice? I grew mm. up four blocks from yeah. Rice. What? As soon as I hit the corner. On 120, if I see, I can see Rice. Mm-hmm. But something about me just wanted more of an adventure. I saw St. Raymond's, a new gym. I was like, I want to go it here. It was a new gym. Yeah. <laughs> I, visited, I visited LaSalle as well. I was going to go to LaSalle. My big brother, well, not my real big brother, right. but he used to pick me up from school. We got that relationship from Millbank. He was at LaSalle with Ron Artest. I visited no. there. But I saw the gym at St. Raymond's. I was like, I'm coming here. Mm. Now, I, wanna, I just want to take this part of the time to talk a little shit because I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they're all Rice Raiders, all right. So I just want to say, yeah, we took y'all shit. He mugging can't high school. So I just want to say, just want to say that. That's facts. From ninety, from from, from ninety three, ninety three, St. Raiders ain't win a chip. I brought that back, man. Yes, sir. Me and my team, man. So who was on that squad? We brought that back. Who was on that squad? Me, Darnell Miller. Yep. uh, Julius Hodge, Mm. Chris McCray, Allen Ray, a young Allen Ray. He was a sophomore. Um, we had John Taylor. He was in my class. Mm-hmm. We had Andre Smith. He was in my class. Mm-hmm. I don't want to forget anybody. Jay Harper. He was a sophomore. And my man Matlock. How can I forget, man? Yeah, Key to the team, saying, man. Yeah. One of the big reasons I'm getting yeah. to the Hall of Fame, That's man. Right. I couldn't have did it without them, man. Yeah. Our team was crazy, Y'all man. That was crazy. I remember Matlock especially. He would lock down every freaking perimeter dude. I was he was a I, I would say this is my opinion. You can correct me if I'm wrong. He, was he your heart of that team? Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. Was, that was two thousand? Two thousand. That was your last year at Rays, right? Yeah. That's when y'all won the chip. Yeah, I was I was at UMass with Kit Reimer just Yeah, yeah. Doing, I was holding down the doing dirt. I was I was I was watching my eyes was there. <laughs> he was the leading scorer that year of that team, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the second leading scorer? Was it Jules? Oh, yeah. yeah, Jules. Oh Jules, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
pretty much right away. It was funny. We all, and I think that's why we came together. It was really no jealousy. Right. We all like. And y'all both Harlem cats. Jules is from Harlem. Yeah, Harlem. yeah Jules yeah. from Harlem. That's crazy, man. Harlem is in a house thick in the fucking race. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Majestic was obviously our leader, mm-hmm. our junior year. Right. Everything was, you know, pretty much Majestic's hands. Y'all hustle, get in where y'all fit in. We would all maybe start maybe four games here. Darnell would start three. Jules start five. Mm-hmm. But it was like we were on the same boat. Right. Because us juniors, me, Darnell, Matt, it was like, whatever, y'all okay, but mm-hmm. y'all got to do it. Right. And then, you know, Jules and Chris, obviously they were prospects. They were going to play. We invested in you. You coming up from JV. Right. You know, you playing Voss. Right. So we were all like in that role of role player. So right. we we all coming in our senior year, my senior year. Nobody knew who was going to take command of the team. It was all open. We knew Jules was going to do what he was going to yeah. do. Obviously, he was just that, that good. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I had the opportunity. I started. We played a tournament in PA. Right? Three-day tournament. I said, yo, I got to do it. I do it here. I'm, I know I'm going to be able to do it the whole year. Mm-hmm. Probably average like 25 and 10. Me and Jules wow. became right away like a one-two punch. One, two punch. Darnell, my best friend, he's playing the one. He's making sure I get the ball. Yes. I'm getting rebounds, tippings, a lot of steals, fast break dunks. So the points is coming, but not only just off shooting. Right. I was just all over the port, all the court. Right. It was like my my C to get the aggression out. I was so mad about getting everything looked over. Yeah. I didn't get the ABCD camp. Oh, Another big motivation that might have hurt. I'm not gonna lie. That might have hurt more than anything. The gachos. Wow. Anything. Shit. That was looking your biggest at, motivation. You looking at? Slam magazines, reading about these great players there from freshman year. You got your coach, who's the director right. of the camp. Right. Yo, that's incredible, man. Fuck. After our junior year, when Majestic left, we didn't have a great season that year. He told me, Darnell and Max, and um, I think somebody else said, yo, I'm not going to ABCD. Y'all ain't prove yourselves. <laughs> it was pretty cool, man. Wait, it was you and who else that didn't go? Darnell. Darnell didn't go. Somebody else. Up until Fuck. I, now take me, because I want to ask you two quick questions. Um, who's the starting five? Because off air, we were talking about how your team was very interchangeable. Everybody was about six or five. And yeah. I know, I remember Darnell Miller being about that height, if I'm not mistaken, right? Six, four, yeah, six, he's six, five. five. My six, size. Yeah. It was funny. I didn't think about it. I'm watching the game with we kids, you know what I mean? I didn't think about it from the perspective of everybody was interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Jules is 6'7", if I'm not mistaken. You 6'5", so is Darnell Miller. Matlock was the only one that was probably like 6'5". Only one short. Chris McCray is 6'5", about my size. That's crazy. So me and Darnell and Chris about the same size. Jules, obviously skinnier, yeah, but like even he, longer than right. us. And so, aggressive, yeah, inner strength. That, ki- that used to kill you know? me. I used to watch him when he was at St. Raymond's Elementary. Yeah. And, I mean, he's frail when you played in high school together. But in elementary school, he was like... Like like a starving African yeah, kid, like, like you know, thousand, yeah. thousand from thousand. And but yo, the way he used he to run killed. the floor, the floor he destroy be. Our asses. I, yo, I it didn't stick in. My, it, I couldn't understand how this kid had so much ability yeah. and just looked so frail. Like right. I was scared for him on the yeah, court because yeah. I felt like he was gonna get injured any moment. And this motherfucker, I mean, he was amazing. It's crazy it's to me. Crazy. You just took me back because I used to play. I used to go to St. Dominic's. So we used to have St. St. Dominic's is no longer a school that exists. But we used to go to um, tournaments in St. Helena. I don't know if you're familiar with St. Helena. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, so there was tournaments there. We'd always play the Rays. Rays destroyed by like 40. Yeah, easy. 
you know, and, and Jules would be the standout guy. Yeah. But at that time, though, Jules was a was one of the team because um, Coach um, Pat Nosh, Nosh yeah. was the coach of that team. So Pat Nosh had the team where at the time, the other players, that there was another guy by the name of Will, Will, uh, Will uh, and Rojo, Rojo, which he was a star player for baseball in St. Raymond's. High school. So he was like the jock of the team that I knew of. Like all the chicks would go to him, and he was like the dude, the face of that team. So I'm like, Jules was a great player, but he was he wasn't the star because he wasn't the Bobby Jules. He wasn't the, the <laughs> popular dude. But the, when I would play him, Jules would destroy yeah, he'd ass. Kill. He killed. Oh, was so my temper was so much I couldn't see it for the greatness. I just want to kick ass. Like physically, I want to kick his ass. I didn't want to because you know, you just whooped our ass. You stole my pride. Yeah, <laughs> nah, Jules. You know, like me, man. He he was a hunter, man. Yeah. We were hunters, man. Yeah. And so, Jules so, was some aggressive players, yeah. man. So you missed out on ABCD camp after your junior year. Yeah. You came back your senior season. So you mentioned you what between your senior, your junior and your senior season, that's when you was down in PA for a tournament. No. So this okay. is. Uh, I wanted to finish that story. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that back up. That's what we do. We do. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, help me out here. Let's get these stories out, man. I'm telling you, man. I want to inspire somebody with my story. Yeah, you that's the point. You definitely yeah. do. I promise you will. So, we're in PA. Me and Jules already, we laid a murder game down. It's all set up. We get on the bus. We're coming back home. Everybody's excited. We lost in the championship by one point. But everybody was excited. We went two on one. The first two games, we won by like 50. It was crazy. So we on the bus, we hype, we all loving each other. We was all cool. My man gets a call, cell phone. The previews came out, the daily news previews. Okay. So they had the top 15 teams in the city, or top 10, sorry, and the top 15 players with honorable mention. Mm. And you then, and Jules? Oh. No, this is New York City. The, the daily news okay, comes okay. out with a city preview, okay. a Catholic school city Saint preview. St. Ray's is an honorable mention. Listen to this. Okay, okay. Teams one, two, ten, ranked in the city. Same way is not on it. Mm-hmm. Not an honorable mention. Mm. Players 1 2 15 in the city. Peter Mulligan's not on there. Okay. Oh. Not an honorable mention. Overlooked. Now, wow. I'm so hurt. I wasn't a great player my junior year, yeah. but one game Majestic and them was suspended. Gary D. Sat him out against Lincoln. Still won by 30. I mm. had like 15. Jules had like 15. Something right, like that. Right. So you contributed. Played against Rice one game. Lost by one at home. I had 13 that game. It was in the paper. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, I proved I could play. They had sophomores on the list and honorable mention uh, who didn't even play a game of varsity uh, yet. To be a McDonald's All-American, back then at least it was, listen to this, you had to get a nomination letter. About 150 rising seniors in New York City or each state gets that letter. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that letter. Yo, he had so much shit to be upset about. And then to end up, not only Mr. Basketball, but Player of the Year in all three major publications, New York Newsday, Daily News, New York Post. And no nod. And then to have three other players in the city become McDonald's All-Americans, knowing I had the better season, even if they wanted, knowing we became number one in the country at one point. Right. I'm the best player on the best team that once in USA Today was number one team in the country. Only reason we got knocked off, we lost to Kenny in the States. They hated on us. Right. They took us out the whole joint. That's how you know they hated. Yeah. Rice was able. Rice started off the season number one in the country. Right. They lost like five times, six times in a the year. They still was ranked all oh. the way to the end. We had to beat them like three times to finally become ranked. Nah, and sure. then we lose at the state chip. They took us off took, the whole took joint. Took everything off. Wow. 
but that's I mean the politics you know, is crazy. You know, you know what, and that's what hurts. That's why my story, I feel like it's so important because people don't want to say I'm sorry. I missed out. Mm-hmm. I was I was wrong. And a lot of people are followers. So once these rankings or all the mythology yeah. would come up, the Andre Barrett, Omar Cook, Tyleek Brown, a lot of people was already on their side. Like, nah, I want to be his friend. I want to follow him. Right. I want to talk about him. Right. So me getting good, it's like, it's weird for everybody. It was weird for me. It wasn't mm-hmm. a happy year for me. It was it was depression. It was rage. It was fun. It was like such a roller coaster. Roller coaster. Wait, wait, you know? wait. So when you got great, you didn't feel, you didn't embrace the greatness because you weren't being embraced around you. Is that what it is? Yeah, it was, it's tough. It's, it's tough, man. When, when you feel like you deserve it, you deserve it, and then you prove it in that short amount of time on that level, it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. you know. Especially, I mean, because like you just said, like it wasn't something that you necessarily expected. You, you maybe you exceeded your expectation very quickly, and then around you, everybody was going. They're basically turning around, like focusing elsewhere. When yeah. you're shining brightest, I never got an apology. Gary D never apologized. Damn. He tried to make it up. So after my senior season, I get my first experience overseas. He puts me on a team with Andre Barrett, Eddie mm-hmm. Griffin. We go to Germany. Ben Gordon. Billy Eadlin from Syracuse for two mm. weeks. It was cool. Went to the, you know, played <laughs> against Greece, other countries. Next year, lets me go work at ABCD after my freshman year of college. So in the mornings, I'm scrimmaging against NBA players. It was a great experience. Okay. I'm playing against, like, Chris Duhon and nice. Willie Green, Smush Parker, like, nice. college players and NBA players mixed, just running, working out. Mm. Steven Jackson. Oh, nice. You know, I'm on the court, dudes like that. It's cool. And then we, you know, watch the games, work the game. So I'm actually at that Lenny Cook, LeBron James, big game. Oh. I'm watching the game. We got history in the making. Yeah. Shout out to Lenny, man. Yes, sir. Really also got a crazy story. Yes. But, uh, you know, it's just funny how the perspective goes. My perspective of it was I never really understood the rankings and the ringing, the ringing stuff. Yeah. You know, I feel like if you was ringing... And you go to that next level, and you don't prove it at that next level, and you were ringing before and got your credibility to that, in my mind, I take some of the credibility back. Now, mm-hmm. there are ringers who mm-hmm. have done their thing, and it didn't matter. Right. The Sickles, the Carl Krausers, the Eric Barclays, who yeah. are old coming into college, but they made it look like it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's right. easy. I'm not, like, this is no anomaly. Right. That's a good freaking Yeah, just used to this show. I'm at ABCD. I'm a sophomore, going to my sophomore year of college. As a counselor, Lenny Cook's playing against LeBron James. Lenny Cook is a month older than me. LeBron James and Carmelo are two years younger than me and Lenny. Mm. But LeBron is compared to... Lenny Cook is compared to LeBron and nationally ranked. And I'm at a small D1. Now imagine this. I start college at 17. Yeah. Even if I was one more year in high school, I wouldn't even be considered a ringer. I was young for no, my exactly. class. Yeah, right. This right, right. makes my ride so much the story even crazier. Right. Imagine I have one more year at St. Ray's, two more years at St. Ray's, like Lenny Cook had eligibility. Mm-hmm. Right. What's gonna happen? I'm gonna win Mr. Basketball again, right. play right. it again, right? And then do it again. Like, <laughs> then, like, like then how's it go? Are they talking yeah. about me going straight to the NBA? No, like, how, how does it? You know, this no, is my perspective you, of it. They'll probably be hating on you. They'll be like, yo, but yo, no, 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 let no. it go already. No, like, my thing is like, you you, you can't knock at the, the door the door of greatness, but so many times you just want it once, you win it again. You go into the, at least McDonald's. And that's my thing. I feel like with rankings, you should be ranked by your age, not your grade, because it throws out this perception 
to a lot of people who don't really know basketball mm -hmm. and never been with the Sharks and don't understand what a great player looks like. Mm -hmm. I knew the game. I was able to play all over the game. I knew what was supposed to happen in the game. I knew how to execute the game. I was on it, like scouting reports. I never had to really study that shit. I knew I could figure out tendencies quick. Yeah. So I knew what it was on the court. So I'm with these guys, and I'm and you start getting the perspective. It's just weird. Like, why? I, I used to just be like, why is he being compared to LeBron James? And never, I never <laughs> understood it. Understood it. Shout out to Lenny. He's a great player. Sure, great sure, prospect. Sure. Great rising talent. But he had hole. He was raw. But he was athletic. Definitely had the athleticism for the NBA. You can see why he was a prospect. Mm -hmm. But because it didn't work out, I got to look back a little bit like, well, you was ringing. Well, all right, let me ask you a question. Because you didn't, but whatever your circumstances, you didn't get drafted. You didn't go to another professional opportunity or something like that and kill. Right. And show why this was this and what. That's right. a very so good I got to look at it like, oh, you was kind of ringing. Right. You know what? Well, let me ask you a question because uh, first I want to make a statement and then I'm going to ask you a question. I feel like the game is from a business standpoint. This is my opinion. You, you, you're more inside. But their job is to find the next great anything. Right, LeBron. If he looks like a motherfucker, that could walk through the air. And the next Jordan, they gotta soup that up. They gotta soup up the hypest hype because it's just a business. No question, man. It's, it's business, man. It's like just like entertainment, man. It's one lead singer. No, mm. it's only one lead singer, man. What's, what's sad Listen, is, man, you look at the new new edition story. That's what I'm saying. Life, yeah. the perspective is great. Look at Ralph Tresvant, man. Mm -hmm. Dude, I never knew he was the guy. I know he was, he was the, guy. the guy. He was the guy. That's, that's I didn't know until that movie. Me? You're right. But it's it's that's one of the sad things about the game, right? So like, you have the the young raw talent, and you're ushering them up this ladder, right? And then it it flips almost like instantly, and it's probably at the nowadays it might even be at the middle school age where it it flips into like the business, and now you got all the sharks surrounding all these kids, and then it's about opportunism opportunities, right? For them, right? So like. All right, how do I put this kid in a position? You know, he's got X amount of talent. How do I put the, the fanfare behind this kid so that we can get him into the next level? And then money just starts trickling down to people. And a lot of times, the, the athlete, the star of that voyage, gets fucked over. Definitely. Like, and, and that shit sucks. Because, like, just like in your case, like, there is some scorn. There is some, some pain because of that shit. Like, and it, and I, I, don't, I don't think that's you hating or... It doesn't come across as, as scorn. It's just, yo, lived experience that was fucked up. Hey, everybody. This is Amelia the Poet, debuting my spoken word poetry book, I'm a Poet and You Know It, Volume 1. As one reader called it, it's the best I've read since Maya Angelou. So come, see what all the fuss is on I'm a Poet and You Know It, Volume 1, available on Amazon.com and via Instagram at Emilio underscore the poet and on Facebook at Emilio the poet. Thank you much. Yeah, it's just, it's just perspective. And maybe without that, I wouldn't have became Mr. Basketball and been able to get a scholarship to college and play overseas for seven years. Maybe I needed that to get to the next level. Right. Mm -hmm. You know? Well, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think... So, in my opinion, this is just me. You... We're fired up from the beginning with 13. I'm always going back to your 13 year old. And then all those other things that happened to you, you, you know, you didn't make the ABC camp, you didn't make, but you used that as motivation, you know what I'm saying? And you became the great player that you became. Definitely. And you still had your success though, because you did go overseas, you did, you did play in college, you, you know what I mean? So 
I personally don't look at it. I mean, I understand what it could have probably been, and that's my other. I'm leading this to a question. If all the stars aligned for you, let's be hypothetical here. What do you? What would you have seen yourself at? What do you think? What would have been your ceiling if it was like you were at McDonald's, you were in ABC Decan? Let's just. I'm being hypothetical here because I'm curious now. I know you have any confidence. You've compared yourself because you played against the talent. You've seen yeah. how you fare. What is an assessment that you can give yourself now if you had a scouting report, let's say, you back then? Um, I was just a worker, man, and I would figure it out. I was smart, like I said, critical thinking. Only thing I can look back and say, I can't say what, you know, what could have yeah. happened, but I just feel like, you know, with anything, iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I think my development would have been further. I love my college experience playing at UMBC, right. and then transferring to Manhattan was the right choice for me. But I think if I played at one of those bigger schools, I would have saw what I needed to do better. And adapted to it. And adapted mm-hmm. and been an even better player. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. You well, might they, have, I mean, you that's, know, that's an interesting point because a lot of cats, maybe not a lot of cats, but this, the other side of the coin is you, you get to that level, that you know, big, big name school, let's say, from jump, and then you kind of fall into the background. You know, yeah. A lot of people do that as well. So, but in your case, you know... Your pedigree is to all right, step up to the challenge and like figure out how to make yourself that yeah. upper echelon kind of guy. Yeah, like I said, I just I had that ability. You know, the game is always gonna be ninety percent mental. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew how to erase the fear. I knew how to put the work in and understand what the work was for and how to execute the work mm-hmm. with with what I was facing, the people around me. It's ten. It's, the court is the resource, man. Yeah, you gotta eat on the court. There's ten people on the court at once. You got to make the plays, be productive, however you could do it. I understood. You don't have to be the, the leading scorer to have a great game. Nah. My goal was, oh, in college, my goal became, let me be one of the top three players of this game on my team. If I don't get 20, let me get... 10 assists. Yeah, let me get 14 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, mm. 3 steals. Mm. Let me get something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You always wanted to be uh, one of the leaders, but also be very productive at the same time. I'm going to be productive. I know what positive plays are, and I'm going I'm to attack them. I'm going to get to the line behind every great store, scorer that gets to the line. Mm. I would always get to the line seven times, any level I was on. What, 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 was, what would you say, assessing your game further, what was the one thing that you stood out as far as your game? Like shooting mid-range, post-up, what would be a thing that, you know, your this go-to. is your go-to, this is the shit that we can count on you to get and how to get it. What would be that thing on the court that you would do offensively and then we'll get to defensively? I would say the best thing offensively I had, especially at that time, the high school level, was the ability to play off of the triple threat, mm-hmm. whether in the mid-range or, or three. the three-point line. Okay. You know, kind of okay. sizing somebody up, and I had a quick and strong step. Okay. You know, I was quicker than – you put a big man on me, I was quicker. Right. You know, and then I also was smart enough. You had a small guy, I would play bully ball. Yeah. You know, I was just efficient. I was the kind of – if I could get a layup ten times, yeah. I'm not going to play around and see if my shot is on yet or yeah. nothing. Yeah. So that's why I used to get, you know, misconstrued as a big man. Right. It was really like, no, I'm just playing efficient basketball. Any three on any three on two break transition opportunity, I need to be involved. I'm hustling, get involved. If I gotta get that lane and just cause it's a chance, he might come my way. You, you gotta be there. Yeah. I need all opportunities. Just give me an opportunity. And I knew the opportunities I was around the court. That's what made me good. I was a mental player. Yo, that is so brilliant, man. I'm so uh, yo. I know you appreciate it. Like, I, love, I love that. We we I love, love that. that. 
I'm, we're students of the game. Like I love, love, love efficiency in basketball. I think my brother does too. Yeah, so. no, and to that's me, what life is about too. Man. But a lot of motherfuckers don't think. Yeah, like but everybody that. in the game, NBA included, don't play or think the way you do today, right now. That's or back then. That's what sucks because you they see don't. a lot of people because take time off. You see it in the game because these kids, like, like college, college has its flaws, its big flaws. But as far as development, understand how to play basketball. College is the best level for that. Yeah. So when you got the you know kids going to league early. They missing that development in mm-hmm. the in the league. The talent gets watered down. Mm-hmm. But I mean, okay, I know I, I I'm granted you have first hand experience. I'm just I'm, I'm honestly I'm gonna throw LeBron James. He's very rare, but he also came polished from a young age, right? Yeah, polished. I'm not talking about knowing the game. I'm talking about athleticism because he could have just rolled his athleticism and burnt out, you know. But he had a, his cerebral was second to no one, or is second to no one. So I don't know if. If him himself and you had the good mentorship also that kind of made up for not having college in his experience, do you feel like having great mentorship could sway them if they didn't have a great college pedigree? Yeah, I'm kind of un- misunderstanding the question. All right, I'm talking. I'm a poet. Shout out to having a book too, man. Congrats <laughs> on that. Thank you very much. Word, that's big time, man. Thank you. I'm a poet, so I get a little deep, man. He just asked you three questions at the same time. That's yeah, yeah, I, I got a little lost. My bad. <laughs> no, no, let me get back. There. Let me see if I can water it the fuck down. Here we go. What I'm asking you is, do you feel like... You see how you said college is the best way to... Develop. Learn the game, right? I'm saying... I put LeBron James as an example of being an exceptional player without college, right? Yeah. What I'm asking you is, do you feel... Like having great mentorship is a substitute. Is a substitute or can be a substitute if you don't have great college experience, like you say, to, mean, ha- to know the game, to learn the game, to develop, to develop the game, like LeBron James did. Well, you know, it can sometimes some people just get it, man. Right. They just get it. But like that's said, not that's not the majority of people. Not the majority. That's a rare like view. you said, LeBron is an exception. He's no, an but, exception. But yeah. I'm looking. But I'm also looking at you. You had a fish. Look how you talking. You're speaking from yourself in high school. We're not even talking about you college. Yeah. Why are we talking about you in college? Because you're saying I mean, we just getting into. College. We're talking high school. You your yeah. mindset. So you learned that efficiency before college. Yeah. I feel like you already had a great grasp on the game. Definitely. You see? So, I already feel like you already had that. So, let's say you made it to the NBA. You had it in high school. Yeah. You were an exception. Do you feel like you had... Let's say you went to the NBA. You learned it. Where did you learn it? Where did you learn the cerebral aspect of the game? To have to be so efficient like you were coming out of high school into college. Where did you learn that from? Where did you learn that from? Just the experience. And then, you know, playing at, at St. Ray's with a unique team we had, it was right. all over the court. I knew I had to play different positions so a lot of stuff I would pick up quick you know okay. when I got to college but also shout out to Caesar with that man we had a different type of program at right. St. Raymond we right. were blessed with freshman year the gym was you know where the middle school is where they play the games there but they built the the new gym by my sophomore year nice. yes. Yes. and um we just had all type of equipment we if you was on varsity you were lifting weights so we was on the stuff early mm-hmm. lifting weights he used to give us the uh Remember the shoes was in that make you be on your oh, tippy yeah, toes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had those. Oh, my God. I <laughs> Did it just work? I don't know. You don't know. We would have little... <laughs> Y'all we would was have, dunking anyway. It didn't matter. Yeah, we would have little workouts in those. We had the... You know, the, we was doing the step joints. We yeah. was watching film. So, Gary D also developed us early. It was running like a college program pretty much. Right. Yeah. So, wait. So, we... We didn't really get into college yet. You mentioned you went to Baltimore, Maryland, 
Yeah, UMBC. UMBC. University, University of Maryland, Maryland Baltimore, Baltimore County. County. Yeah. Yes. In the county, man. So you, you, and I didn't realize this until you said it, but they, they are a D1 school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of so, so you went there, and I, mean, I know you mentioned they just bumped Virginia recently. Um, you went there for two years. Two years, yeah. It's a four year school? Yeah, it's a four year school. So, why, why did you decide to, to move over to, to Manhattan afterwards, after those first two years? Oh man, I was just young. A lot of stuff was going on. First time away from home. Okay. You know, the the, the candle was burning on all the ends, man. You know, you, you you can get good grades and play basketball, mm-hmm. but you can't party, get grades and play basketball, mm-hmm. hang out late. You know, crazy stuff. <laughs> it was, so it was too, too the much. Grade, the grades was gonna suffer. I was gonna get my work in. The basketball was gonna go. Yeah. So the grades suffered. I really, I really needed to transfer grade-wise. It worked out. I needed those five years. So my sit-out year, I graduated right, right on the cusp, like okay. right on time. So, so take us through the basketball. So you left St. Raymond's. You, you get to UMBC. What was that like? Like initially, you get on on the basketball court. Your first, you know, preseason maybe. Yeah. What was that like? Oh man, it was great, man. It was fun. College. You did the the midnight madness. We, we had midnight madness. Yeah. That was a cool experience. You know. Just being on a college campus is just it's just cool, man. Mm-hmm. You 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 embrace it, man. We got a lot of grass. The campus was like two miles long, but in a circle, so everything was inside a circle. It was it was cool, man. Were you one um, of those? My coach was really cool. Were he you played in the of... NBA, Tom Sullivan. Oh, sounds familiar. What team did he play? Back in the sixties, like oh, I think he played okay. with him on the Knicks or something. Okay, and he was still dunking at the time. He's like six. No. Five. He was coaching y'all. Yeah, he was our coach. Get Shit. out of here. That's so me and, me and him had a, a great relationship. Right. Like he loved me. He, he recruited was, you. He recruited me. Yeah, okay. he loved me. So I had the keys right away. So the basketball part was just, it was just exciting. Um, I did some great things. I broke the record for the rookie of the weeks. In the NEC conference, mm-hmm. I won it like five times. Oh shit! I was rookie of the year. Obviously, we're doing that. I think I was like fifteen, six and three my first year. Wow. My sophomore year, we had twenty wins. Okay. I was like sixteen, eight and three and two. I think I was the only player in D one to lead my. I led the team in every category, every major category, statistical category. Yeah, yeah. steals, rebounds, assists, and um, fuck and points. And you, Shout out to your cerebral for remembering every single you know, stat, ladies and gentlemen. I actually, I, I think it's funny because every every athlete that we've had so far, no. they they act like they're no, not they sure. No, 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 they know, they know, they've said it, <laughs> and I've looked it up, and the shit is exact. Really? So like, Pete was like, uh, two, yeah, three, yeah, nah, yeah, fuck that, you got, got that shit right there. Weeks, I got this motherfucker yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Gotta love yourself, man. Gotta yeah, love I, you. I, I am mad. I am mad. Appreciate what you did, man. Oh, I agree. That. I agree. All, hey, we all here. To, we all here to be special, man, and, and do some with our lives, man. So, oh, yo, but you know what? I'm, okay, forgive me for this, man. I'm not done with your cerebral aspect of the game. I love it so much. I have to ask me more questions because I'm so like, I get what you're saying. You guys had everything. You had, but you talked about you doing your own scouting reports and knowing tendencies, right? That's that. Okay, the reason I'm saying all this is because that's for me that's greatness. That's elite level. I look at guys like quarterbacks like uh, Peyton Manning and stuff like that in other sports. They talk like that. Tom Brady talks like that. But just because you're exposed to all these things doesn't mean I actually do it. You do it, right? Everybody doesn't do that. You know what I mean? Even though y'all all was in the weight room, maybe some people are cheating on it, not lifting the way they could, or or not watching the film or whatever that is. To yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying what like. 
what got you into absorbing everything that you had and taking advantage of it to where you or did you see did you do it with the motivation of like yo I'm gonna try to be in the NBA or was it just like yo I just wanna be great I wanna be the best right now I'm gonna be you know what I mean like what yeah. fueled you to do the homework basically cause you was doing homework yeah what got you into that well NBA was definitely a long term goal that was a dream you know thinking about stocks and being on the playground right. but it was a dream right, 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 but right. during the time where I knew I that college basketball was a realistic goal right. and so forth it was just getting in the paper my junior year, oh, okay, okay. going to St. Ray's, freshman year, <laughs> like I said, right along with Slam Magazine, reading mm-hmm. the newspaper, start learning who the players are in the city, right. cutting school to watch Charles Jones in the NEC tournament, mm-hmm. I mean in the um, NCAA tournament, yeah. like learning his backstory, right. Ron Artest, nice. you just start seeing the, the mythical legend of it. Like I said, I'm a movie guy, like these right. dudes are warriors, and I'm right. like, I can do this. This is the path they took. Right. I can do it. I just had to find it inside of me. So like I said, I looked at it like, you know, recent movies, you say, like, Lee United or, right. or, or Gladiator. Yeah. I, I wanted to be that hero. Right. You know? Yo, I think and each so game dope. takes on its own personality. So it's a journey. It's just like, yo, win the game. Be the hero of the game. For that game. Well, you yeah. mentioned it early. Like, every game, you were like, I want to be top three in this game. And it was whatever I had to do. I never got in my own way. I like, mean, that's if obvious. I knew, no. if, I, if I knew you could play too, I'm not going to mess up the efficiency of the game trying to keep up with you. If you hot, try to shoot. When I should probably give it to you, because you just hit a couple shots. Mm-hmm. You were very unselfish. You know, you pass a lot of kids quickly from from that. A lot basketball is a, it's an ego sport, man. Yeah. You know, you get kids, they 11 years old, they the best player because they kill them with one crossover. And you take they that so away. Hot, they yeah, they so already hung up. I'm good. This is my thing. They, yeah. they they stop with that and they never you know progress. Let me ask you, man, because see again, that's a very mature way of thinking. And this is I'm asking you a serious question because. I'm under, uh, this is how I see basketball. At some point, you want to be the star player to shine to be in college or, or the NBA. So a lot of players, in my opinion, they become top-level scorers, sacrifice, not, not sacrifice, sorry, not sacrificing anything just to be the name and the head of the team. But the team itself, as a team, as a collective, ain't as powerful as it could be had that person taken two or three steps back and allowed a person like, I don't know, yourself or someone else get 15 over here. 20 over here. Because, so, I say that to say, I think the way you think wins, ultimately, right, it should be the way the game is played. But my question is, do you feel like looking back, your sacrifice maybe hindered some star power, if you will? Like, maybe you being a little... Because you know how you say, if let's say I'm the high hand. Yeah. You're not going to say... Your ego ain't gonna play a role in my hand. You're not gonna say, no, I'm getting... No, I don't... I don't don't, don't think it hindered me at all. I think it just... I was a winner. It just it mm. helped us win the game. Yeah, and the real the real players, the real people who know the game, they they recognize that value. They appreciate like that. I said, my goal is just be one of the top three players on the court. It's ten it. at a time. I love it. Because you think about it, the winning it helps so many people, man. It helps yeah. so many people, man. St. Ray's, I just my story is so I gotta say it's inspiration. I love myself. I love my yes. story, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I just wanted to be in the paper and then it turns out I probably have the most articles of maybe anybody in New York City. That oh, whole right. season was a story. Them? Do you have them? I have a lot of them. Okay. And then you figure I went back to come to Manhattan. So I had like two right. more years of the oh, story man. continuing. We got to get you know. all of those clips, man. We like to get so them. Tell, tell so me, what tell I me about, wanted, yeah. it finally came true in just abundance. It's like papers are falling down the sky. I used to just look at my friends and people younger than me getting in the paper. And I'm like, I want it, I want it, I want right. it. And just God just gave it to me. 
that's more than I probably wanted it. That's dope. Yo, that's so dope. And you got man. the clippings. That's important. That's you got, dope. You got to digitize the, that and shit. And the funny thing about it is, like I said, with playing my style, I was a sacrifice. I, I just wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Everybody else around me won. And they excelled. A lot of them went to the league. Jules. That's real. If we didn't have that great a year, Jules, you know, Jules rep just popped over right. that. That's real. It's like I had I had one year to do it. I had a classic album. You look at it right. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot of the other kids who already nice or already known for whatever reason, they getting mixtapes every year. <laughs> <laughs> You're in ninth grade. The you're, metaphor is yo. You're in ninth dope. grade. Your mixtape is out. They know you up and coming. Tenth grade. Your mixtape is out. Alright. Now for some people that that that's the hottest run they got. That ninth grade mixtape or tenth grade mixtape. Right. And then you it's got, over. You got that classic. But Jules album. had the classic junior year mixtape. It lines it all up for what's he gonna do next year. You know what he was gonna do. Yeah. That's what we was gonna do. That's dope. We got it. Yo, that's that's, that's on the like, promo. That's, that's so going many, on the yo, promo. Yeah, so, so many quotables in here. Not only Jew, and then look at how we lined up. Out now, Jews lines up Alan Ray. Yeah. Now we line up the Gavin Grants, the Ricky, the Ricky Torres, the Lewis uh, McCroskeys, the mm-hmm. Brian Langs, and oh. St. Ray's is back. You guys, they didn't win the championships since '93. Right. That's wow. big. Wow. Just seven, yeah, seven year drought. Francisco Garcia, AAU, he goes to the league. Andre AU, Andre Barrett. Barrett, yeah. You know, and the perspective of it, Gary, we saw that too. That was a big motivation for the team. Shout out to Dre. Dre played AU with us with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Andre Barrett. Yeah, we talked about Jules and his fire. He kind of sparked it. Right. Jules refused to play. Jules was younger, one year younger, so he had the option to play 16 and under. Okay. We were all going our senior year. We played 17 and under. Mm-hmm. But Dre played with us. It's Gary D. Like I said, his influence. Yeah. I'm gonna help you become all American. I got ABCD camp. I got I, I know the moving and shakers. Everybody needs me. Majestic, right. all American. Right. Not saying they're on it. They I came up with some great Yeah, yeah. Great, they earned it. Yeah, yeah. Great that's, that's players, beautiful. man. Yeah. Great players. Help me become better players. That's beautiful. Dre was was dominating, doing a lot. But like I said, it goes to the the lead singer group mentality. Mm-hmm. So when we won, we won a lot of AU tournaments. That's when I knew. I'm like, I'm killing, what's going on? Right. Gary D was up. up. <laughs> I had two schools recruiting me. I had UMBC and LIU. That's why I signed early. Gary D sat me down and said, yo, these schools saw you all year, last two years, because they would come. All the big schools were just to watch us practice. We had Majestic. Damn. They was coming. Just to watch you practice. Yeah. He was like, yo, they don't want you, man. You need to take this school. Oh, shit. You like it down there. We might get You might get hurt this year. We probably not going to be good. He thought we wasn't going to be good. Your senior year, he thought y'all weren't gonna be good. Yeah, wow, that's big, and y'all yeah. took the chip. <laughs> well, he had six years and change of he not winning the chip. Building it, he right. thought, everybody thought, all right, we're gonna wait, wait on Jules, Chris McRae, Ryan right. Ray. It was one of those thoughts. So right. we, I was pissed, man. Oh, was I was like, pissed, yo. We winning, and that's it, <laughs> yo. And you led that that senior season. You led the team. Scored. I led the city in scoring. The, the old city. New York city. That was 2000, correct? 2000. 2000. And that was the, the championship game was in Fordham University? Fordham University, yeah. We beat game. Rice. I was, I was one. Yo, yo that shit was crazy. Shit. Yo, I, I was there. It, it, it became like East Europe, them East Europe games for a second. They said Rice Rice uh, students was jumping St. Ray's students after the game. Yeah. Yes, no. <laughs> <laughs> yo, they was tight, man. Oh my god! It was tight, man, and it was, like I said, it was weird feelings, man, because we love Dre Barrett. 
we loved him, but right. we were so motivated by the, the extra stuff, the extra love Gary D was giving him. Oh, you know, we would get a we would get a couple pair of sneakers. I remember the Antoine Walkers was out. Uh-huh. Everybody was so hyped to get them. We like, yo, I want another pair. How are we gonna manipulate Gary D to give us another pair? We go to Dre Barry house. He got stacks. He got eight of them. Niggas <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, what's going on? <laughs> Gary D love him. <laughs> so that was a big motivation. And then the dom to dominate Rice, we beat them four times. Yo. Wow, it just hurt. It just hurt because we loved Dre, but we were so angry at at him in the city. Got to get him. Yeah, fuck it. Looking back, just just from a talent perspective, I know not from a heart perspective. Who was the better team? Did did they have more talent? Did you have more talent? In your opinion? In my opinion, I know you had a fire, but I'm just curious because they had Kenny, Sat, Andre. Who was the more talented team overall? Um. Well, Kenny Sat was my um. My junior year. Okay. And so I graduated with Majestic. He was okay. a They won the championship that year. They had won two years in a row. Ah. So the whole build-up was a 3 P, the Holy Trinity, the Andre Barrett, Salik Brown, Omar Cook story. They called them the Holy Trinity. It's the three-point guards who made All-American. So, oh, yes, like I said, I came up with some great players. I can't be too mad about not being known all the way, right away. Right. But I was I was better than they than they, than they gave they, you credit yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But it, it, as far as the pecking order, because I know Dre Byer at the time got a lot of the acclaim. Where would you say? And Dre was nice, man. Dre he was, was the, special. He earned it. He earned it. He made the league. I've seen him. He went past some dudes, crossed them, and, and they fell, and smoke was coming out. There. <laughs> <laughs> he was, Dre also was special, so, man. He was so short, though, too. Like, he no was athletic, man. He used to dunk on layup lines dunk. easy. Like, oh, was, I didn't know that. I didn't even yeah, know Dre that. was special, man. It's a freak athlete, yo. To be that small, but he was fast, man. How tall is he? Like five ten? Yeah, I don't even think that tall. He might be five eight. Maybe, maybe. Right. I think I'm taller than him. I mean, yeah, I'm five yeah, ten yeah, and we, change. Because I remember seeing him at the race, and I would, I would look. I was like, yo, that's Trey Barrett. Like, nah, yeah. Trey Barrett. Trey was a force, and I would just keep it simple. Like I said, I blend in. I stand right on that baseline. Trey getting on the top of the key, break that defense down. I catch it. I jump into the defender. I get an end one. Simple. <laughs> I get like 25 points easy all it and I'm, and I'm like yo this I'm producing what's going on no. I guess they ain't like that style of game it wasn't pretty enough or something that, it could be because we, we were talking about that before like the finesse aspect of the game you know we'll say now but even maybe when you were coming up it was turning over that way the grit grind efficiency it's factor way, it's gone man yeah. right you see these kids working out and they doing all this fancy this shit stupid uh, James Harden stuff it's like right that could work, uh, you know, street ball, you do what you want, kind of. Maybe even some high school if you're good enough to get away with it, but you got to be realistic. Work it's, on the basics until yeah, you basics. become, there's only going to be one or two players on the court at high levels who have that option to even take that shot. Mm-hmm. Unless the shot clock is like on three or something. Right. Like right now, go it's, ahead, you it's take a different, it. It's a different time. The chance of you becoming that player is slim, so why are you working on this? Like I said, my game, triple threat. I was killed. I had a quick first step, strong first step. It was it. My crossover, I, I mean, a crossover is just as good as me jab stepping like that. As long as I get the angle, it's about the angle. Yeah. That's yeah. all it really is. You can do any type of, any move will get you, whatever move gets you the angle. It don't got to be the complicated behind the back. Simple Boom. shuffle, yeah. Yo, I just want to say this to you. I don't know if you do it. That's why I want to get into what you're doing today because. Wait, I, wait, we're going to, I want, we didn't touch on Manhattan much. Uh, okay. I want to get into Manhattan a little bit because. All right. 
you UMBC, we talked a little bit about you was cooking crazy over there. What was the experience in, in Manhattan, and how how did you fare against the competition there? Oh, man. So, NEC, like I said, I was rookie of the year, then first team on conference. Mm-hmm. Go to Manhattan, sit out. Tough year. Depression. Mm-hmm. Missing the game. Reflecting on my journey to get there. New school. Back home. Tough sitting out. Missing, mm-hmm. yo, the game. That's when I knew, like, I need basketball. I needed basketball. Like, that's why I was good. I needed it. But uh, going there and getting recruited was weird, man. Bobby Gonzalez, one of the craziest characters I ever met. <laughs> he recruited me. Um, me and Jason Wingate Jason was coming out of Rice we went at the same time Louis Flores was there Louis came off yep. a big year he's averaging 25 um, my sit out he's putting on the show I'm sitting there watching the game just going crazy wow. so I get to play the next year lose a senior um, and Gonzo he mapped it all out for me when, when he recruited me he said look we got Lou I'm going to get Lou in the NBA you're coming up next you're coming home Think about the newspapers. You're going to get so much recognition. Mulligan, Mr. Basketball, coming back home. You play with Louie one year. Louie goes. But trust me, we're going to win it again. They went to the tournament my sit out year. Mm-hmm. And then they went again. He said, we're going to go to the tournament. That happened. But, uh, you know, Lou went to the league. He averaged like 25 points my senior year. My senior averaged 20. Wow. Played good, but the trust the trust wasn't really there with Gonzo. He was this dude was crazy, man. <laughs> Telling you, man, if you look up some of the articles about him, uh-huh. dude was doing so much, man. <laughs> the most, the all the way most. Just a tough person. They said they made a quote. They said uh, he makes coffee nervous. <laughs> <laughs> so not even on, no. not even necessarily on the court, like every road, road every aspect. Trips. One of the bus drivers, they had a quote from the bus driver company. He said, they told our athletic director, hey, Bob, I got 200 drivers. I'm down to one who will drive for Bobby Gonzalez. Oh, shit. No way. Straight up. Oh, no shit. Way. So everybody got it. Right. He could break the, a week down, you know? Right. So. That's crazy. That's my junior so year, so he brings me back with all these, uh, listen, well, I got to go through it again. Crazy. Mm. Brings me back with all these, uh, recruits me with all these stories and how we're going to do it, how it's going to play out. Right. I don't start right away my junior year. Mm. I come off the bench. Wow. We had a freshman my sit-out year, Mike Conavelcher, good player at the time. He's like 6'5", strong. He played off Louie pretty well, was hitting his little threes. He averaged like nine. Good freshman year, mm-hmm. but he wasn't better than me. Okay. It was just one of those things again, like, yo, I can't believe you playing me. Was it was it just favoritism? I think? My theory was he wanted to in my opinion, and I believe in myself. Good. I think he didn't want me to see he looked at it like, I don't want you stepping on Lou toes. I don't want oh. I want Lou to average exactly twenty five again. Oh. I don't want you averaging Louis averaging twenty two for you to average seventeen. I want you to know the pecking order. I wanna break you down the way you're gonna Play hard first. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna bring you off the bench. I'm gonna mess with you. And then, it's a um, mental, mental, mental thing. Right. So, I'm like I said, I'm a shark man. I'm a hunter. I fought through it. Middle of the year, he finally started me because he knew for us to go to the tournament again, he, he was gonna need me to play. Right. So, first part of the year, I probably averaged like eight. Second half of the year, I probably averaged like sixteen. Mm. Go to the tournament. Like I said, he needed me. We win a game. I, I had seventeen and like seven on Florida. And we lost to Wake Forest by four. I played well. Oh. 13, 7 and 5 or something like that. So the trust wasn't there. So when my senior year came, it was just like, it was hard to be great without 
the full support and right. we, we had to replace a lot. Lou left. Our two big men left. One of them was second team all conference. We had two freshmen starting, you know. God. So that's what I think as a small school you gotta win or you gotta put up crazy numbers. Right. So I kinda missed the mark with the numbers. I averaged twenty, which is great. First team all conference. Um, did some great things. But to get to the NBA I didn't, you didn't meet the just a little bit enough more. No, but you know what really sucks about that? Like, that just goes to show you that every coach doesn't care about winning, right? Because even if he drops 22 instead of 25, and you're dropping 17, your team is a better team. No, but I wouldn't say that because you have more room forever with, 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 his, with this great team and this talent. It wasn't just me and Lou. No. We had, like I said, another 6'6". Um, player, my man Dave Holmes, second team all conference. Mm. So you, if you look at it from a gambling perspective, they got the spreads. Mm. We're playing in the MAC conference. We're really like a mid-major, major right. team. We're team. a great team. Yeah, you can you can calculate it like, hey, we'll probably win by ten, an average of eight more points this way, but I'll probably still win about three this way or three uh, less points. Okay, I can I get, get away with it. I get it. I, get I can get away with Lou maybe taking a couple bad shots. I get it. We'll still, you know, we'll still, we'll still end still up all right. Because yeah. I have good players. He had very good players. Right. So that's how I look at it. Not like they don't care about winning. Right. But if I can win doing my way, I'm going to do it that the way. The outcome is that still relatively sense. the same. Yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of players state. have that mentality. A right. lot of players who don't go anywhere and they play rec ball and all that. It's because they play like, okay, I'm playing rec. Probably won't win, but I want to get off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna take a couple shots, even though I know I know I never make them. It could be eight eight. If I didn't get my couple shots yet, I'm taking them. So, <laughs> so you went, you left Manhattan. Well, let me ask you this: You graduated. I graduated. You graduated. Big thing, That's Shout important. out to me, man. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to my parents. My parents showed me the example. They both graduated. Good. I got it done. Now your, it's big. your degree was in what? Uh, criminal justice sociology. Okay. So, I want to I want to get into what you're doing today, but before that, you went pro. I went pro. Okay. Yes. We keep I talking about the league, the league, I but caught that you, boat. I caught you that a professional boat. basketball player. Caught that boat across the water. I was blessed. A lot of players who, you know what I'm saying, everything is a blessing and a learning experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of those players, even some McDonald's All-Americans didn't get to yeah. you know, play or even play overseas or play as long as I did. So, And that was what, a seven-year career roughly I did overseas? Seven. yeah. And you, you played, name again, the countries that we talked about off air? I played Czech Republic, Hungary. France, Portugal. I started in Portugal. France. I did France here, which was wow. great. Um, played in Mexico for a little while mm-hmm. with Kenny Satterfield. Shout out to Kenny Sat. Yeah, it definitely threw me a blessing, man. And that's why we here on the surf, man, to be each other's angels. Yes, sir. I was, you know, waiting around a little long. I think I was 28. It was like November. Sack. Kenny Sat called me like, "Yo, you gonna come play with me? I got a job for you." Oh, wow. I'm right in Mexico, so it was cool to play with him. Because he was our hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was our hero, man. He was so special, man. Right. You know, my junior year playing against him, you know, watching him, he was just doing so much magical stuff. Yeah, yeah he was he was special. And then um, he was so humble about it, too. You really? see him, such a good guy. Yeah. You know, everything would be normal. You wouldn't talk about his basketball career, playing in the NBA or being in the NBA. It was just normal. You'd come to St. Raymond's workout. So then playing with him in Mexico... We doing seven hour bus rides, six hour bus rides. I'm fa- finally able to ask him about all the stuff. Yeah. He's telling me everything. <laughs> it's just like, yo, I love you, Kitty Sat, man. Like you're the best, man. That's dope. That's so dope, man. That's what so- what would, so? It sounds like Mexico was special across those seven years. 
would you say that's it? Like, is that the most special moment you had professionally? Overseas? No. Um, Playing-wise, my first year was, was great. The Portugal. living was tough. Mm. But uh, playing, we, we were like the eighth seed. We went to the finals. Nice. So it was great. I oh, played against Hashimu Evans that went to Manhattan, too, in the mm-hmm. finals. Yeah. He had a big career in Portugal. Okay. So that was cool on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, and then life experience-wise. Life experience, uh, Czech Republic was pretty special. Mm. Prague, the city of Prague is amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've heard. It's pretty dope. Y'all were in Prague? Like, the team I was, was like out of Prague? 45 minutes out. Okay. So, but they gave us a call. It's not too hard to drive, get down yeah. there. What was the experience, what's the contrast between your ball and the state's ball? Like, what was your experience? Was there a big difference as far as adjusting to the style of game? Um, well, it's different for, um, I would say it's different. They play more teamwork. You know, I'll say the big men are a little slower, Mm -hmm. um, not as athletic, but they're they're fundamental there. They can shoot a little bit. Right. You know, you could give it to them at the top. They could take a dribble of you, hand it off to you, roll. They could, you know, work. It's more of a a good flow with the team. Mm -hmm. But for an import, it's it's different. It's like it's not necessarily you know NBA playoffs is win and go home. You mm-hmm. like you like my shit, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> he love my shit, right? <laughs> so yo, yeah, he NBA. Love I love that, man. Listen, man. Shout out to you, bro. Nah, man. NBA is win and go home. Overseas is, for import is not necessarily like that. Right. It's killer go home. Mm. Uh, the winning is secondary. The winning depends on our realistic goals, our budget. Mm. You know where we usually place our history. You don't kill, you going to home. Yeah, yeah, but in that system, right? Because you said they play team ball. How do you kill within the system? Good question. You have to pick your spots. You gotta be cerebral. You gotta pick your spots, but you gotta be more. You gotta be aggressive. Right. You, you gotta just... create. You gotta show something that they don't got that the, your import players don't have. Yeah. You, know, you have to give yeah. them something Diff- that different. Different. That's what you're there for. You're a higher gun. You're, you're, you're the ringer, no matter how old you are. You're American, you're import, yeah. you're the ringer. You know? It's interesting, though, because I, 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 not, okay, I just, you're very cerebral, man. I'm very impressed by you. No, seriously, no, 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 leave me out. No, no, seriously. There's 45 minutes of the podcast, you saying that. Yo, I'm dead ass, yo, I'm serious. I'm going to tell you the I truth. appreciate that. No, man. I'm dead serious. It's not even about you. I'm a, I'm, this is. The cerebral aspect of the game is why I love basketball. Definitely, period. Definitely. I'm not you in life. Period. I love the game. I'm a, I bleed basketball. You understand? We bleed ball. So what you speak is like music to my ears. But I don't see or hear what you say. Typical. It's not typical. It's not. I don't. I wish it was. That's my perf. That's my ideal world. It's, my, it's not. It's, it's all mindset, man. It's the reason the winners win and the losers lose. It, all, it all comes into this. play. You see this shit? I'm out, man. Yo, you t- are you a teacher? Sit on this side, man. I am a teacher. I am a teacher. Okay. Oh, oh shit. shit, that makes sense. Oh, right. wait, wait, wait. That's why I wanted to go with this. Yeah. We wanted to go with what you're doing now, but I wanted to also know if you're coaching at all basketball. I am. So I'm in a real. Yes. U- I'm in a real unique situation, man. Okay. I'm at. A, I'm at an alternative high school in the Bronx. Shout out to Urban Dove. All right. It's a unique model, man. This okay. this school started in Brooklyn six mm-hmm. years ago. This is the second school. It's the first year of second school. I'm in the Bronx. Okay. Um, high school. So these are kids who are, you know, different type of problems. I'm undercredited, haven't been in school for a year, socio emotional, you know, problems and okay. difficulties. They come Ur- to this Irving Dove? Urban Dove. Urban Dove. So they come like to the this, bird dove. Yeah. Okay. So they come to this program, it's a three year program. Okay. We work with you. We help you graduate. We do a task base. We're not really doing lessons. Mm. Um, we're not getting homework. 
different type of setup. We're doing other programs where you get to travel to colleges, kind of see what's out there in life. You know, we support you. We love you. We use restorative practice kind of thing. So mm -hmm. it's cool and it's different to see. Yeah. I'm also coaching. There? So, yeah, there. So I'm like in a mentor mentorship role. So I, I got my little brothers. I have like a team of 12, 15. I That's see. how they set it up. You have coaches. They have a dance team, volleyball, all type of stuff. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're to mentor your team. Right. Help them go to class, talk to them, know to call them when they're absent. You know. And y'all compete? Like your team competes around? Yeah, we're in the Charter League. Oh, we're okay. in the Charter League. That's yeah. so cool. how, how old are these kids? These kids are 16, 17, okay. you know. Well, we in the G JV joint, so here I am, you know, crushing ringers. But <laughs> you know, I've led directly say, yo, if, if the birthday's on 01, just put those. Just put it. No. <laughs> and you and you're a new father. I'm a yeah, new father. So first time, beautiful, nah, beautiful little girl. I got my wife. I got yes. my I got my family. My That's little lady. It's great, man. man. God bless you. That's that, dope. Man. And you, nah, where you living? You living in the Bronx? I'm still in Harlem. You're in Harlem. Oh, okay. Okay. Lucky to be in Harlem, man. Yes, me and my wife, man. Best thing, man. I mean, for me, it just everything she told me came true. She mm -hmm. just been elevating me, man. She and and I, I don't want to put put her too much out there, but I know I know she's she's. You got a really successful career as well in in uh, she's media. A, yeah, she's a journalist. Right. So oh. Shout out to Jennifer, man. She's definitely amazing, man. That's why I met her and I knew like I can't mess this one up. And yeah. We responded. You know, she went to um, graduate school in London, so she had wow. she's worldly. experiences. Worldly. Yeah, she worked for Daily News eight years, so. You know, I always had a little interest and a love for media, obviously being written about and, mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that in the paper. So now you can so be written about all the time in the house with the journalist by your side. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, tell my story. You know? <laughs> That's dope. That's dope, man. Nah, she's actually, she's going to get me some coverage for the for the thing. I think I'll be in the, oh, okay, I think I'll be in the Hall of News for being inducted to Hall of Fame. Nice. Oh, that's dope. So, yeah, nice. so we'll, we'll be there. We're going to try to turn this into something, man. Yeah, we have Good. to, man. Good. Let's do that, man. Like I was telling them off air, man, uh, um... When I when you solicited to get you on the show, like we didn't know that you were gonna be inducted to the Hall of Fame. I had no idea. I just saw you. I was lucky to see you. But I always feel like things happen for a reason. Things align. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad that we could push you. Hopefully this pushes you. Hopefully well, all your publicity is well deserved, man. And I I just want to say from a standpoint of a fan of the game, people like you is what makes people like me want to watch the game. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So I just want that's real to real. I applaud your success, but I'm also more so saying, damn, I love what the what, what was the journey behind that? Because mm -hmm. you, we all, hopefully our viewers and a lot of, we got a lot of young kids and high school kids and stuff that learn that want to grow and want to be professional ball players. It's dope that you shared your, your, your input, your wisdom, your intellect, yeah. everything, man. Because I want the game to be fruitful, man, but I also want people to see the perspective of success. It's not just NBA. It's, it's a lot of different things. Yeah, so, man. It's life, man. Right. Like I tell people, I tell the kids, man, yo, just watch all the Rocky movies, man. From the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> learn everything you need to learn yeah, about life, movie, man. Buff. That's we gotta do something else for that shit. Yo, you'll learn everything you need to learn about. Think about it. In the Rocky movies, you'll learn everything That's you're gonna face in life. Pretty I'm, much. I'm gonna man. watch them now with yo, that perspective. Yo, I'm gonna you know, watch we, them. We might have to. Yo, I feel like he has so much. We have to give back. It's on a the lot. Show. It's, it's a lot. We gotta get you back on the show. That ass, uh, yo. That ass. I'm but the ass. main thing, behind any great person, they just keep getting up, man. Everybody mm -hmm. getting, you know, life is hard for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Where can people reach out to you, find you, social media, etc.? Or do you want to be found? If you want to be man, found. I could, I could be found, man. What is it? I kind of move like a ghost sometimes, but <laughs> right. I try not to be out there too much. But oh, yeah, I see you. 
Um, try to keep it subtle. But I got Instagram, P Mully Three. Um, I got a Facebook page. Okay. Like Peter Mulligan, obviously. Okay. And I got phone number. My phone number is three four seven. Yeah. That was gonna say, damn. He said, "I want to be a coach, but I'm not gonna let me throw it all he, out there." He was gonna Jimmy Butler the situation. <laughs> email, uh, yeah, I got email. I got LinkedIn. <laughs> Yo, shout out to you, Peter. Congratulations on the yes. the induct. Yes. In, what do you enshrinement? I don't know what yeah, you even call it. Induct. I say I, it's such a blessing, man. I'm I'm so happy and proud of it, man. Oh it's like. God. This, this year has been amazing. Yes. I get a daughter, get a kid, and then baby. I get in the Hall of Fame. Like, That's these amazing. are like, they say, you know, having a kid is the closest thing to immortality. Mm. Get ready, because... Something else got to be close, got to be, you know, being in the Hall of Fame forever in a place like St. Raymond. So, yeah. I'm so happy about it. I yeah, can't even big. lie. That's big. Um, they, they say when you have a kid, you should expect several things to kind of happen. Like, you, you get a lot of positive things to come about. So, hopefully, it's just the beginning hopefully, man. of that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, man. That's big. So, Many blessings. So for Dribbling Dives, I'm Manny Digital. This is Emilio the Poet. And our illustrious guest, Peter Mulligan. Peter Mulligan. Thank you for coming, brother. Thank you, uh, sir. Thank no you, problem. Thank you. For, yo, I want to take one picture of my Thank you for listening to this episode of Dribbling Dives. If you like what you heard, please leave a review or comment wherever you're listening to us now. Check us out on social media as well. We're live on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find us at D-R-I-B-B-L-E-N-D-I-M-E-S.